Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning everyone in the United States, in Canada, and around the world, where you are waking up and saying, hey, it's the morning, it's the start of another day, it's time for breakfast, or break the fast of sleeping for maybe five or six or seven or eight hours, maybe for some folks uh, ten or eleven hours. And then uh, you get up and, hey, it's time to break the fast or let's eat breakfast. My name is Kennard. I'm your host for the Merciful Service of God Biblical Instructional Program. Today we're going to talk about something that's not very popular in the 21st century. It's a five-letter word called truth. Truth is very lacking in society. I'm going to prove that to you out of the Bible today. But first, let's focus on an interesting quote from the King James Version Bible that is recorded. Turn to John chapter 18, verse 37 to 38. John chapter 18 verse 37 to 38. Pilate, that was the um, one of the individuals that was involved with the, uh, the trial and, and the sentence of our master, Yeshua Messiah, commonly known as Jesus Christ. It says, Pilate therefore said unto him, Are you a king then? And Yeshua, or Jesus, answered, saying, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause I came into the world. So this is a a very significant statement, ladies and gentlemen. He says that he's a king. In the first chapter of John, uh, verse 49, it states that he is the king of Israel. Uh, Hold your place here. Let's turn to uh, 1 John, not 1 John, but John, John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 49. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, or that word in the Greek means master, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. And of course, when Yeshua answered, he even said, you're wrong, that I'm not the King of Israel. So that's one of his titles, and I try to explain to people that if you worship the Messiah, the true Messiah, Jesus Christ, you are also worshiping a king of Israel. And if you're worshiping a king of Israel, that means you must submit to the king and his rules and regulations that he rules the kingdom with. And, of course, you know that based on Deuteronomy chapter 17, uh, hold your place here at John chapter 1. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 17. Deuteronomy chapter 17. This is an easy way to convince people who have been deceived about the laws nailed to the cross uh, These are some scriptures, basically, that you can show them uh, to hopefully easily convince them that they need to be keeping the laws that the king keeps. Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 18, And it shall be when he sits upon his throne. Again, Jesus Christ is a king of Israel, of his kingdom, and he has a kingdom, that he shall write him a copy of this law in the book out of which is before the priests and the Levites. He doesn't have to write the copy because he is the literal word of God himself. It shall be with him, and he shall read there in all the days of his life. 
that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this Torah and these statutes to do them. He said in John chapter 15 that he kept his father's commandments, and he continues to do so to this day. Verse 20, that his heart be not lifted up above his brethren, that he not turn aside from his commandment, the right hand or to the left, to the end that he may prolong his days in the kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. So anyway, it is pointing out that Yeshua also is the ultimate king of Israel, and he certainly will be keeping Torah, and he will expect his subjects, his believers, his worshipers also to keep the Torah. That's a real simple way to explain that we need to be keeping the Torah if we profess to believe that Jesus is our Savior. Okay? So, getting back to a significant quote. Well, all of them are significant in the Bible, but this is certainly significant. Uh, back in John chapter 18, verse 37 to 38. And so he states, now we understand he's a king, and he's a king of Israel. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Truth. Now we know soon in the scene, probably in this century, that there will be two witnesses. One of the things that the witnesses do is they bear witness unto the truth. Unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth, hear my voice. That's a very significant statement in the context of what this program is all about, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone that is of the truth Here's my voice. So, if you are not of the truth, you will not hear his voice. Let me underscore that again. He says, again, everyone that is of the truth, hears my voice. So that means there's going to be some people that is not of the truth that will not hear his voice. Now, and Pilate's one of them right here. He says, or was one of them. Pilate said unto him, What is truth? Question of the hour, isn't it? What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and said unto them, I find in him no fault at all. And so Pilate did not even understand what is truth. And that is really been the history of Pilate represents the majority of mankind and their attitude about truth. Of course, there's quite a few people that have lived that they understood the truth and they had the truth, but they did not. They did not. And so let's examine this a little more in detail, ladies and gentlemen, about this phenomenon here with thinking you know the truth and yet you don't understand it the phenomenon of truth not even being accepted in society today, which is the reason why society has issues. But first, let's take a look at the character of our great God here. It has a lot to do with truth. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 4. In this great prophecy about Israel, which identifies in a simple way who Israel is, that's another Bible study, but anyway, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 4 he is the rock. His work is perfect. Of course, the rock in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is revealed to be the Messiah himself. He is the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways, a God of truth and without iniquity. And so you need to make sure you're worshiping the God of truth, the God of truth, not the God of lies. All right, and there's a difference between the two. Now, the God of truth, what is truth? Let's, let's answer the question quickly here. What is, what is the Bible's definition of truth? Let's turn to Psalms 119. Psalms 119, verse 142. 142. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy Torah, or which is translated law, is the truth. So the Bible definition of the truth is the instructions and the doctrines which includes the laws of God. 
that is what your Bible says, and that's what it is, ladies and gentlemen. Also, in Psalm 119, verse 151, it states the following, Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are true. So in addition to the doctrines and teachings of Yah, all his commandments are also the truth as well. In Psalm Psalm 19, verse 9, it says, Psalm 19, verse 9, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Okay, so let's expand this definition of what truth is. It's all the instructions and doctrines of God. It's the commandments of God. Also, it is the judgments of God as well. So that is the truth, ladies and gentlemen. John 17, verse 17, Yeshua, as he was praying to his his Abba, Father, sanctify them through thy truth. So sanctify means to set apart. So he sets apart things and his people by the truth, by his law. Thy word is the truth. All right, so we're expanding this definition again. The truth is the doctrines and the instructions of Yah. Also, his commandments, his judgments, and his word, the scriptures. All that is the truth, ladies and gentlemen. And here's another scripture that's very significant, Ephesians 4, verse 21. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Yeshua. And so Yeshua is the truth. He is the literal Word of God, the Word of God in the flesh. He is also the truth as well, ladies and gentlemen. And how he lived his life shows us how to live the truth. In John, John 10, verse 6, it states plainly, Yeshua, Jesus said unto him, I am the way. Hebraically, that means in Halakha. The way to go, a mold, a road. He's the truth and the life. Because truth has something to do with life. No man comes unto unto the Father but by me. And so, let's expand the definition again of the truth. (laughs) The truth is the doctrines and instructions of God. It's the commandments of God, the judgments of God, and the truth also is the word of God, the scriptures, and the word, the literal word of God is Jesus Christ. Is Jesus Christ. And he is the truth. In 1 John, it tells you that he is the word of God. And he was made flesh. He was made flesh. And so that that should really help you to understand what the truth is, ladies and gentlemen. Now let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24. 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24. States the following. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth. We should be serving him in truth, not in lies, ladies and gentlemen, and not in false doctrine. But only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things he has done for you. And so that's the ultimate goal is for everyone to serve him in truth, not in lies, not in things that are not true. Psalm chapter 25, Psalm chapter 25, verse 10, states the following, All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. Unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. And that, that is a very powerful scripture in the context of what I'm teaching today. And so I'm going to read this in the Amplified Version. It's a word-from-word translation. And in most cases, it does amplify the scriptures in the King James Version. It says right here, All the paths of the Lord are mercy and steadfast love. Even truth and faithfulness are they for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. And so when you keep those commandments, the, the commandments of Yah, or God, that's that's what happens to you. You 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 have all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. The paths that were paths in the original Hebrew means the road again. The road, 
the manner, the manner of the Lord is full of mercy or, or mercy and truth. So that's the way the Lord walks in mercy and in truth, and that's the way we should be walking. We should walk with both, have compassion towards people, and in truth, knowing and understanding the doctrines, uh, the commandments, the instructions, um, the commandments, the judgments, standing that the truth also is the entire word of God, the scriptures, and also the embodiment of truth itself is the word of God, Jesus Christ, Yeshua Messiah. All right. So I'm hoping that this helps you understand what the truth is here a little better. Now, in Psalm 51, verse 6, Psalm 51, verse 6, states the following. It says, Behold, and this is what we all should do, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. And so God desires that we have truth inculcated in the inward parts. And what what is the inward parts? What does that mean in Hebrew? Well, the inward parts, it means uh, in Hebrew, tuka, and it means overlaying, overlaying, all right? And it also indicates, here's another help here. It says a feminine plural, I'm reading from the world, not the world, but the, the word study dictionary, a feminine plural noun indicating an inward part, the inner being. So the inner being, it refers to a person's moral consciousness, the ability to perceive right and wrong or to discern wisely. And so to be able to have that ability, you must have the truth. And we already understand what that is, to be able to perceive what's right and what's wrong. And in Job 38, verse 36, it says, Who has put wisdom in the inward parts? Of course, God. Or who has given understanding to the heart? So having wisdom in the inward parts is having the ability to perceive right and wrong by having the truth. Because if we desire truth, then we'll have that ability. Because that's what the truth will do, is give us the ability to perceive right or wrong or to discern wisely. John 14, verse 17. John 14, verse 17. Tells us the following. John 14, verse 17, states, Even the Spirit of truth, actually, verse 16, um, John 14, verse 16, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. That's a nickname for the Holy Spirit, advocate, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. So the the Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth because it's a part of God. And, of course, God is of truth, too, the God of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Now, this is significant. The world cannot receive the truth. And why? Because it sees him not, neither knows him. The world, the majority of people do not know, not know the spirit of truth. And yet many of them feel that they do have the Holy Spirit, and they don't. Because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. So that's a significant, you need to meditate on that one. I know that's a a powerful scripture there, but just meditate on that one. A minute, all right? Uh, John 16, verse 13. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And so if you do have the Holy Spirit, it's a spirit of truth, and you won't be thinking that the law is nailed to the cross. You will be thinking totally the opposite. You'll be thinking that the law is not nailed to the cross, that I need to be keeping the instructions and doctrines and the commandments of God, and I should believe every word of God, including the Old Testament. If you start to think that way, then the Spirit is working with you. If you reject that, then the Spirit is not working with you, and you have another Spirit that's working with you, a Spirit you need to run away from. Uh, Part of repenting is acknowledging the truth, ladies and gentlemen. Let's turn to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 25. 
chapter 2, verse 25. 2 Timothy 2, verse 25. It states the following. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Repenting is acknowledging the truth, ladies and gentlemen. Acknowledging that you must keep the instructions and doctrines of Yah. Acknowledging that God's judgments are truth. Acknowledging that um, His law is the truth. Acknowledging that the Word of God is the truth. Finally, acknowledging that Yeshua Himself and the way He conducted His life and still does today, is the truth. And so we have to acknowledge those truths if we expect to receive and continue to receive the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, that is very significant, but you must understand that. Now, let's get to a prophecy in the time that I have left here that tells us that truth is lacking in society uh, today. And this is a prophecy from the, the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 59, verse 1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perverseness. Verse 4, none calls for justice, that means most people, nor pleads for truth. And so in society today, we don't plead for the truth. Pleadeth in Hebrew means to judge. So we don't use the truth to judge or to govern in most cases in society today. They trust in vanity. Instead, we trust in vanity, which means meaning things that are has no meaning, confusion, and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. Verse 5, they hatch um, eggs and weave the spider's web. He, he that eats of their eggs dieth, and that which is crushed breaketh out into a viper. Their web shall not become garments, Neither shall they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works works of iniquity and the, and the act of violence in their hands. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity, wasting and destruction in their past. Verse 8, the way of peace they know not, and there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whatsoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Therefore is judgment far from us. Why? Because judgment has something to do with the truth, ladies and gentlemen. Neither does justice overtake us. We wait for light, but, but behold, obscurity, for brightness, and we walk in darkness. So when you, you don't have the truth, you're walking in darkness. And that has been the majority of mankind. The good news is that God will eventually erase that blindness from the earth, and people will understand the truth one day. But he's only calling a few people right now to understand the truth. Verse 10. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if he had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead. We war all like bears and mourn sore like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. Our transgressions are with us, and as for our iniquities, we know them. Verse 13, in transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. Verse 14, and judgment is turned away backward and justice standeth afar off, for truth is fallen in the streets. God's commandments, his justice, his judgments, his doctrines and teachings, the entire words of God, the entire Bible is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. Verse 15, yea, truth faileth, and he that departs from evil maketh himself a prey. And that's true. Uh, the word prey means let fall, or plunder, or spoil. For those who fight against us, it's, it's difficult. And the Lord saw it and displeased him that there was no judgment. In verse 16, and he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore... His arm brought salvation, that's nickname for the Messiah, and his righteousness, it, is, it sustained him. So that gives, gives you an idea of society's attitude today, and even back then, in reference to the truth, ladies and gentlemen. We really don't embrace it. Uh, we, we don't want to have anything to do with it. And, and uh, it, it's just a, an attitude that that we need to repent of. If you're listening to this program, God is calling you to, and if you're still listening to it, 
He's calling you to to understand the truth, ladies and gentlemen. He wants you to know the truth. He wants you to know the truth. He doesn't want <clears throat> you not to know the truth. And so uh, you, you need to understand that, and you need to realize that if you if you don't have knowledge of the truth, if you don't have knowledge of the truth, it's going to be very difficult to be able to reason and understand what is right and what is wrong. And like in John 8, verse 47, it states here, He that is of God hears God's words. You therefore hear them not because you are not of God. You don't, you don't want to be in that category, ladies and gentlemen. You don't want to be in that category where you don't hear the word of God. In 1 Peter 1, verse 22 states, Seeing you have purified your souls. You know how you purify your souls? By obeying the truth. What is truth again? Truth is the doctrines and instructions of God, the commandments of God, the judgments of God, the word of God, and Jesus Christ himself and his example. <clears throat> That's why in 1 John 2, verse 6 says we should follow his example. His example is learning how to walk the way of truth. Seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth. And so how do we purify our souls, our lives, our bodies? By obeying the truth. Through what? The Spirit. The Spirit is a spirit of truth. So we obey the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love toward the brethren. We apply it by loving the brethren with this truth. See ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Like you mean it. So, th this is a good topic, a very important topic, a very important topic indeed. And so, here's another scripture that you need to understand in the context of this. First John four verse one: Behold, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, attest the spirits, whether they are of God. Because there are many false prophets that are going out into the world. Verse 2. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Verse 3. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antimessiah. Wherefore you have heard that it should come. And even now already is in the world. People understand this as far as there's going to be an anti-Messiah, but also rejecting the Word of God. You're rejecting Yeshua Messiah because he is the Word of God. And when you reject him, you also have the spirit of anti-Messiah. Verse 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you, that is in you, than he that is in the world. Verse 5, he's talking about the spirit of the devil and the demons. They are of the world, wherefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. Verse 6 of 1 John 4. We are of God. He that knows God, know of God, hears us. He that is not of God, hears not us. Hereby we, we know, hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So there's a spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit, and the spirit of error, which is the devil's spirits. We don't want to have, of course, the devil's spirit, ladies and gentlemen. First John 2, verse 1. My little children, these things write unto you, that ye sin not, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Yeshua Messiah, the righteous. It looks like I may go off the air here in the next few minutes, if that's the case. Then you could uh, review the program and the archives. I'm going to take a few more minutes to make my point, and then I'm going to close the program. Anyway, First John 2, verse 2. And he... Is a propitiation or covering for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the entire world. In verse 3, and hereby we do know him, and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments, which means that we keep the truth and obey the truth. Verse 4, he that says, I know him and keep of not his commandments, which is the truth, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Okay? So the truth is not in you if you don't keep his commandments, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't keep his commandments, the truth is not in you. You don't have the spirit of truth in you if you don't keep his commandments. He that says, I know him, and keep of not his commandments is a liar. 
and the truth is not in him. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth. And if you say that you know God, then you will be keeping all his commandments. Verse 5, but whosoever keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. Hereby know we that we are in him. And verse 6, he that says he abides in him ought himself also to walk. His walk was a walk of truth, even as he walked. So, you should understand now clearly what the truth is, ladies and gentlemen. What the truth is and how to live the truth. You need to adhere to the Torah, the instructions of God, the doctrines of God, his commandments, his judgments, his entire word, all the scriptures in Matthew 4, verse 4. We must live by every word of God. And so we must live by the truth. The truth. Ministers, when you preach in Malachi 2, verse 6, it says the law of truth was in his mouth and iniquity was not found in his lips. We need to be careful about how we talk. He walked with me in peace and equity and did turn many away from iniquity. And that's what we should be doing, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Torah teachers or ministers should be turning many to righteousness. That's what we should be doing. Uh, unfortunately, in this world, that's not happening a lot as far as uh, the truth is concerned. So, we understand. And here, here's another thing, too, that you need to understand, too, about the truth. Second Thessalonians 2, verse 12. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12. It talks about the coming of the anti-Messiah. And it states here, that if you don't love the truth, if you don't love the truth, the following will happen. Three, let no man deceive you or trick you by any means, for that day shall not come. What day? The day of the the day of the Lord. Started tribulation, and then after that, of course, the day of the Lord. Except there come a falling away first, an apostasy, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, of destruction. Verse four, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God will sit in the temple of God, that rebuilt temple, that the temple institute is going to help rebuild. Uh, he's going to eventually sit in that temple, and he's going to show himself that he is God. Verse 5, Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. Verse 7, For the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he who now let of, will let until he be taken out of the way. Now, this scripture in Second Thessalonians 2, verse 8 is interesting. And then shall that wicked, and King James translators translated the word wicked, not, oh, and amos, that's in the Greek, it means lawless. And so, word in the Greek, in the original Greek, in the complete Jewish Bible version, has an interesting translation here. It says, in the complete Jewish Bible version, then the one who embodies separation from Torah will be revealed. The one whom the Lord Yeshua will slay with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the glory of his coming. And so that's an interesting translation. In the Amplified Version, it says, and then the lawless one. That's a better translation. And the lawless one, the anti-Messiah, will be revealed. And it's interesting that the King James translators chose to translate that word lawlessness, wicked, with a capital W. And so that, to me, that was inspired that to be wicked means you're lawless. So to be a wicked person, you're lawless because you're not obeying the law. You're not. You're living a way of untruth. And so, getting back to this verse, actually verse nine of Second Thessalonians chapter two, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, certainly not after the working of God, but with Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, verse ten. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, not lawlessness, but uh, not, not um, lawfulness, but un lawlessness. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. So you can perish by living a life of unrighteousness. Because they receive not the, not only should you obey the truth, you have to love the truth. And that has something to do with you being saved. It says that they 
for all of us to be saved. Receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And so if we don't receive the love of the truth, we won't be saved. We have to love the commandments. We have to love the teachings and doctrines of God. We have to love his judgments, not run away from them. We must embrace them. We must love the scriptures, and certainly we must love the embodiment of truth itself, Yeshua Messiah. Verse 11, and for this cause, God shall send them strong, not little, strong delusion. These are people who don't love the truth. He's going to send strong delusion, strong delusion, strong delusion, fraudulence, straying from orthodoxy or piety, error, strong error. That they should believe a lie, and that great lie is that God's instructions, his commandments, his judgments, his commandments, his very scriptures, uh, and particularly the laws and the instructions, have been done away with. That is the lie. Verse 12, because the anti-Messiah is one that is lawless. He is the, he's going to be the embodiment, the embodiment of lawlessness. That's what the devil is. He embodies lawlessness. And so his representative will embody lawlessness. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned, and that's in the Bible, folks. That's why I'm quoting it. They all might be damned who believe not the truth. And so if you don't believe the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness, okay, Verse 13, but we are bound to give thanks away to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has be- from the beginning chosen you to salvation through the sanctification. Uh, how do we gain salvation here? This is significant. Sanctification means set apart through the sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. We have to believe the truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And we have to believe the truth. That's how salvation is granted to us, by believing the truth. That's what it says. Chosen you to salvation through what? Sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Now, I'm not teaching that we all earn salvation. However, we have to believe the truth for God to give us the gift of salvation, which we don't earn anyway, but we have to to believe the truth. Faith must have works. Trust must have works. That's how you understand that second basic doctrine of Yah, of God, which is um, faith, faith in Yah. And you you have faith in him by believing the truth. And we know what the truth is again. The truth is the instructions and doctrines of God, the commandments of God, the judgments of God, his word, and the embodiment of truth itself, Yeshua Messiah, and his example and how he lived his life that we need to copy based on 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you understand what the truth is. For your loved ones, for those who don't understand what I'm telling you today, this is God's promise. 1 John 2, verse 4, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. So that's his goal. Unfortunately, all won't be saved, but he would like to give every human being an opportunity to understand the knowledge of the truth. And their time will come in the future. Your time is now. If you're listening to me, he's calling you now to understand the truth so that you can in the future help others in a mighty way. And then in Romans, and that's another Bible study, Romans chapter 11, Romans chapter 11, verse 32, says, For God has concluded them all in unbelief, all of mankind, that he might have mercy upon all. Unbelief means you, you don't have the truth. So he's concluded that the majority of mankind don't have the truth. But here's the here's the, the great mercy of God here. Uh, the last scripture here in Isaiah chapter 25. Isaiah chapter 25, verse 7. When he comes back, he's going to do the following. Isaiah 25, verse 7. And he will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast on all people. Let's take a look at the Hebrew word for covering. The Hebrew word for covering and it means a veil, a covering, a covering. And using the word study dictionary, it says a masculine noun indicating a shroud, a covering. It is the noun for H3874. That's lute, 
in Hebrew, indicating the inability of people to perceive God and his works clearly. And so he says that there, the majority of mankind is suffering from the ability, they, they don't have the ability to perceive God and his works clearly. In this verse, Isaiah uses the noun and verb forms together, meaning the covering that covers or the shroud that enfolds. This is a reference to the power of Messiah's redemptive work to open the eyes of the blind. All right, and that's going to certainly happen in the future. He will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast on all people. So the majority of people have this, this shroud or covering that does not give them the ability to understand and perceive God fully. And the veil that is spread over all nations. So he's going to destroy that veil when he comes back. And that's what it means when the Holy Spirit will be given or spread around the world at that time. All right, and uh, the prophecy in Joel indicates that in Joel chapter 2, Joel chapter 2, verse 31, And the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. It shall come to pass, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and the remnant whom the Lord shall call. All right, then. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none shall, and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. In verse 28, actually that's verse 27, verse 28 of Joel chapter 2. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He hasn't done that yet. His, his Holy Spirit, his spirit of truth, is not pour out into all flesh. That's why many people can't receive the truth right now. That's why Pilate was acting the way he was. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And verse 29, and, uh, and also upon the, the service and upon the handmaidens, or handmaids, in those days will I pour out my spirit. And so that began during... <clears throat> Actually, it began in, in Old Testament times, and of course, uh, uh, in, in New Testament times, Yeshua had went to heaven, and then, of course, gave his spirit to the apostles. And the Holy Spirit is being poured out in a small way right now to those he's choosing uh, for his son to be his bride. That's another Bible study. But eventually, the entire world will have the spirit of truth in them. And they will truly understand the law of God. And so I just wanted to point that out to you, that there's hope for humanity, ladies and gentlemen. And we we have to make a distinction. The Lord is leading me to, to quote these scriptures. And these are some tough scriptures, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, you, you need to um, listen to what I'm telling you here. This is in the scriptures. John 8, verse 30. <clears throat> And he spake these words, many believed on him. Verse 31. Then said Jesus, or Yeshua, to the Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, you are my Talmudim. Indeed. Verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And it doesn't mean free to, to, to do wickedness. It means freedom from the curses of not obeying the truth. Verse 33. They answered him, We be of Abraham's seed, and you will never... And, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? Verse 34, Yeshua answered and said, And verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever commits sin is the servant of sin. Verse 35, And the servant abideth not in sin, the house forever. And the servant abideth not in, in the house forever. The son abides forever. Verse 36, If the son therefore shall make you free, because he is the embodiment of truth, right? You shall be free too. Verse 37, I know that you are of Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. Verse 38, I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. So it's two different fathers, ladies and gentlemen. There's a father of truth, and there's a father of lies. Verse 39, they answered and said unto them, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said unto them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Verse 40, but now you seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham. Verse 41, you do the deeds of your father. And so if you worship a particular father, you do the deeds of your father, right? Then said they to him, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God, which was not nice to say because he certainly 
was not born of fornication. Verse 42, Yeshua said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from the father. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Verse 43, Why do you not understand my speech? Because you cannot hear my word. And those that are of the truth, that have God's spirit of truth, hears and understands his words. Verse 44, You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. So that spirit of error, the spirit of the devil, does not abode in the truth, ladies and gentlemen. The word abode in the Greek means appoint. So he's not appointed in the truth. He, he does not establish the truth because there is no truth in him. speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So the father of lies is not God the father, the true God, but the false God, the devil. He's the father of lies, verse 45. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Verse 46, which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? Verse 47, this is why. He that is of God hears God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because you are not of God. You are not of God. Okay, so this is a very important scripture. To understand, ladies and gentlemen, in reference to the truth. And there's another thing that you need to understand. Romans 8, verse 9. Actually, verse 7. Verse 6, rather. No, verse 5. <laughs> Romans 8, verse 5. For they that are of the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit. The spirit of truth. Verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse 7, because the carnal mind, the fleshy mind, is enmity or hostile against God, for it is not subject to the Torah of God, the instructions and doctrines, the commandments, the judgments, the word of God, neither indeed can be. So subject means, in the Greek, subordinate. And so you, this is how you can tell if someone has a spirit, if they're hostile toward the law of God, say as the law is nailed to the cross, they don't have the spirit of God to be acting that way. They just don't. Verse 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And so if you don't have the spirit of truth in you, telling you that you can't please him, so then they that are in the flesh without his spirit cannot please him. Verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, in the spirit of truth. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Messiah, he is none of his. I know that's a tough scripture, but that's what it says. Verse 10. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. The Spirit of truth. Verse 11. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, the Spirit of truth, he that raises up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Now, let's understand something about the spirit. This will be the last scripture that I'm going to quote, more than likely. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Starting in verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, no ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Verse 10, But God has revealed unto us by his Spirit, his Spirit of truth, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yes, the deep things of God. Oh, I think I'm going to quote one more scripture after this. <laughs> Verse 11, For what man knows the things of a man, says the Spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knows no man. Again, the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God which is the spirit of truth. Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world is the spirit of error, the devil's spirit, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Verse 13. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, of comparing spiritual things with the spiritual. Verse 14, but the natural man, the fleshy and carnal man, without the spirit of truth, 
receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And that word means investigated or determined or scrutinized or questioned. But he that is spiritual, judge of all things, yet he himself is judge of no man. This is the ultimate goal, ladies and gentlemen. For who has known the mind of the master that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. In Galatians 2, verse 20, it says he lives in us spiritually. We should be thinking like him and acting like him. The living embodiment of truth itself, the Messiah. That's what we must do. Now, in John chapter 4, in closing, John chapter 4, John chapter 4, verse 21. Yeshua said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Verse 22. Verse 22 of John chapter 4. You worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the who? Verse 43, but the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers, we must have true worshipers. And this is significant because, hold your place in John 4, verse 23. I hope you pass this program out to people so they can understand, through your, use the social media tools, so they can understand what truth is. I'm really working very hard to make this as clear as I can, ladies and gentlemen. James chapter 1, verse 27. Stays plainly. Pure religion, and religion in the Greek means worship, pure worship and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. So let's go back to John chapter 4 with that understanding of what pure worship is all about. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers, so there's true worshipers, Worshippers that understand and they keep uh, themselves unspotted by the world by acknowledging the truth, and also they take care of people. Uh, so we have to be true worshipers, not false worshipers, ladies and gentlemen. We must embrace the Torah. True worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit. And how do we worship the Father? Not in lies, but in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. He doesn't want us worshiping him. Ignorantly, ladies and gentlemen, he accepts us, he has mercy on us about that, but he wants us to worship him in truth so that we can know him. Verse 24 of John chapter 4, For God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so we must do all those things. We must do charity, tzedakah, take care of the poor, but we must do it in truth with understanding that we must keep the, the Torah, the instructions and doctrines, with the understanding that we must keep the commandments, with the understanding that we must um, keep his judgments and his entire word, we, which we must live by, based on Matthew verse 4, verse 4. Ultimately, we must mimic and copy the living embodiment of truth itself, Yeshua Messiah. Verse 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, ladies and gentlemen. So with that, I will end this program. Uh, may God bless and keep you. And God willing, I'll be available to you next week. Shalom. Peace.